Hello again and welcome to the Knowledge series of podcasts for Lord of the Flies for English Literature GCSE. In this, episode 11, we're continuing to think about themes, specifically the theme of violence and savagery. If you listen back through the previous 10 podcasts, you'll hear references to violence and savagery in every single one. Again, it's one of Golding's most important threads, which he's tracing throughout the text, asking questions about where violence comes from and what leads the boys to descend into savagery and tribalism. The answers, as I said last time, are actually fairly straightforward. Violence is part of human nature, as is savagery. The novel ends with a comment about the darkness of man's heart, and the discovery of this darkness is the story of the novel itself. The way we arrive at this interpretation of violence and savagery is through knowing a series of key symbols and moments in the text. Firstly, you need to know about the characters associated with this theme. Most usefully, violence and savagery in the novel are represented by Jack. Jack is obsessed by hunting early on, clashing with Ralph, whose first priority is shelter and rescue. Even Jack does not fully understand these urges to hunt and kill. He's described using animalistic language at the start of chapter 3, becomes increasingly sanguinary, bloodthirsty, as the urge to hunt and his successes continue, before finishing the text as a violent dictator, known not as Jack any longer, but as Chief, responsible for torturing other boys without cause and hunting his former friend, Ralph. Jack's violent urges increase exponentially as the text continues. In fact, his violence increases in inverse proportion to the decrease of civilization and society, charted in our previous podcast. But it's important that the Jack who finishes the novel on the beach, carrying a sharpened stick as he pursues Ralph right into the path of the naval officer, is in many ways still recognisable as the Jack we first met in chapter one. That same urge to order and control others to the point of harm can be seen in the way he orders the choir to march wearing their cassocks until Simon faints with the inhuman heat. That same urge to violence is seen in the first thought of what the choir should be, hunters. Secondly, and relatedly, the descent into violence and savagery is represented by the symbol of the fire, which is also connected to Jack, of course. Initially, the fire is a positive symbol of rescue. It's the means by which a ship will see the boy's island. However, it rapidly becomes a symbol of destruction, as the boys set fire to the island once by accident in Chapter 2 and once deliberately in Chapter 12, and of conflict, as Jack's hunters let the fire go out when a ship passes, choosing to hunt pigs and satisfy their primitive urges, rather than to remain rational and leave a watch on the fire. The fire also becomes the focal point for savagery. Jack needs fire to cook meat. It's a fire around which the boys dance when Simon is killed, a primitive symbol of early man, they play at being tribesmen here, before totally losing themselves in the savage tribal unity of the dance and the crowd's murder. It's fire that Jack steals from Piggy and Ralph when his tribe raids their camp, and it's fire he wants when they take Piggy's glasses. The change of imagery surrounding fire, from something hopeful to something violent, is a significant way in which Golding draws attention to the increasing savagery in the novel. If the trajectory of the novel then is towards the increase of violence and savagery, the third thing we need to know about are the pivotal moments on that journey. You're bound to have your own moments of significance here that you'll want to make notes about, but I'll choose just two for the purposes of this podcast. The first pivotal moment for me is when Jack first paints his face. 
There's some racist colonial attitude at play here, as Golding associates painted faces with Native American figures. It's a bit like the old game of cowboys and Indians, which would, at the point of writing in 1954, have been considered entirely acceptable. Because of this connection, the painted face is a symbol of the savage Indian, someone associated with wildness, someone uncivilised, perhaps even less than human. It's also a game. We've spoken before about how Jack's painted face allows him to hide and therefore reveal his true nature, liberated from shame and self-consciousness. You'll remember the way Jack's movements and behaviour change from human and childish laughter to the animalistic bloodthirsty snarling. Jack paints his face and feels what it's like to be freed from the normal rules. He becomes someone else and thereby becomes free to be his true savage self. The second pivotal moment, or rather pair of pivotal moments, in the journey towards the victory of violence and savagery is the death of Simon and the death of Piggy. Of course we've spoken about these before too, so let's just briefly mention why they matter in their different ways. Simon's death is a victory for savagery and tribalism, as the boys are equally complicit in, to blame for, his murder. Significantly, we see here the loss of identity in the boys as they operate as a crowd, led by teeth and claws and by instinct rather than conscious decision or leaders. This is symbolically significant because it shows us that Golding does not allow any of the boys to be innocent of violent instincts. It is latent in all of them, as this pivotal moment suggests. It's also powerful, more so than society's morals, as we've said before in podcast 10. Piggy's death is also a victory for violence and savagery, but this time it's not the result of savage instinct, but of Roger's conscious decision, liberated to act by now on his violent desires. It's the logical extension of his behaviour in chapter 4, throwing the stones at Henry. More chilling still, perhaps, is Jack's reaction to this murder, which is celebratory, and the tribe's. Golding uses both of these deaths to suggest, I think, that there is no return from this descent into savagery. The events set in motion by Jack's painted face come to fruition here, and I think we're supposed to expect that, were it not for the naval officer's arrival, would, they would continue ad infinitum to infinity. Incidentally, the tool Golding uses here, by having the boys rescued by an unexpected external force, is a technique called deus ex machina, a plot device where a seemingly hopeless situation is brought to an unanticipated resolution by some new power arriving. In ancient Greek tragedy, it would usually be a god. Here it's the naval officer. If it feels contrived and unrealistic, I think it's supposed to. See the end of the last podcast for some more discussion of this. To return to themes of violence and savagery, what we've seen from all this is that there are key perpetrators of violence in Jack and Roger, but that nobody is exempt from it. The image of the fire is a useful one to know and to trace, as its deterioration from symbol of hope to symbol of hopelessness is reflective of the descent from civilization to savagery. The death of Simon demonstrates that all characters, even the little ones, even Ralph and even Piggy, have savagery latent within them. The death of Piggy reveals that with the rise of violence and savagery comes the end of civilization. Violence is more powerful. Savagery wins. <laughs>